Impact Theory ad. I'd like to take a minute to mention our sponsors over at Impact Theory Comics. Impact Theory Comics is a new independent publisher and they're releasing their first comic, Neon Future. Neon Future is a collaboration with world-famous DJ producer Steve Aoki and it's written by the Eisner award-winning writer of Justice, Jim Kruger. With artwork by Neil Edwards and Jeremy Raypack, the artwork and story are absolutely mind-blowing. If you like sci-fi, you're going to love this comic. So head over to your local comic book shop and get Neon Future Issue 1 on your pull list ASAP. And while you're at it, if you have Instagram, you can see some of the artwork for yourself if you give IT Comics a follow at at IT Comics. Are you ready? It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 366 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so very much for listening. Once again, I have to apologize for a hoarse throat, but I think I have another great interview that you'll enjoy listening to. This week, I talk with Steve Rotterdam, the Senior Vice President for Sales at Aftershock Comics. I always have liked this company, and I think they break a lot of new ground. And they have a new initiative going on this year, and it's called the Year of Reading Dangerously. I talk with Steve about this initiative, as well as what they have coming in the next few months from Aftershock. They make some great product, and he's looking for people to help him get the word out as well, which we discuss. There's a lot happening in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's always a pleasure to talk to Aftershock Comics, and today I have the distinct pleasure of talking to Steve Rotterdam, the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. How are you doing today, Steve? Doing great today, Wayne. Thank you. Hello to you, and hello hello to all your listeners. Yeah, it's good to talk with you. The Same reason here. why we're talking today is because I saw this news release that you guys put out, and I wrote a column on it, too, at Major Spoilers. Yeah. It's claiming 2019 as the year of reading dangerously. Yes, yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, talk uh, what, what the idea we've, is. We've claimed the year. No one else can have it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it, it's interesting. I've been with the company now for about seven months. I, I come from a marketing uh, advertising background, uh, spent the last 10 years uh, running an agency that devoted to sort of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before that, I, I worked at DC Comics in a similar capacity as head of sales and marketing um, for about three years. So that's going back a bit to about 10 years ago. And I'm a big believer in branding and um, especially when you're a small publisher to be able to put a, a, um, a, a positioning out in front of the public as well as uh, – the, what we call the trade, the retailers, it's very important that people sort of you know, recognize us for who we are and what we're trying to be. Aftershock is a unique company because compared to a lot of other publishers, 
we, I said that we don't have a lot of baggage. What, what I mean by that is that I don't need to, I am not required to work with characters, um, uh, that have been long, uh, established, uh, as wonderful as they may be, but there's a, you know, we're all about freedom and freedom of expression and working with top creators and up and coming creators to be able to, to help them tell the stories that they've wanted to tell in the ways they've wanted to tell them. Um, mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of, uh, restrictions on that. So we're very much an open publisher in that sense and looking to bring, uh, interesting stories in, in a lot of different genres to public's attention, uh, and, and to gain readership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that aftershock may be better than most, but not the only ones who can do it, but, but really has a real opportunity to bring new readers, uh, what I would say new comic readers, into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, people who read, but maybe fans of prose or maybe fans of other media who are really into story. Um, and, and Aftershock is a way, it could be a really good bridge to bring them into the comics community to engage with graphic novels and sequential narrative storytelling, which is really sort of what we're about. Um, and, uh, so the read dangerously campaign came about, um, because, um, when we looked at everything that we publish, whether it's baby teeth or a walk through hell animosity or, you know, rough riders, uh, anything like that, the challenge uh, to the reader is, is to just get a little bit out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not about curling up, uh, with your favorite characters that you've known for years and relating another comfortable story that you sort of already know how it's going to end. Um, our books and our stories are all open-ended. You don't know where they're going to go issue by issue. It is a little discomforting, and I think that discomfort is good. So that's where the idea of reading dangerously, reading with purpose, uh, taking a chance, risking uh, being a little riskier in your reading material – uh, your choice of what you read on a regular basis came about. So as we, as we began 2019 uh, and looked at all we have going on in 2019, and it was, we just started this ad campaign that people will be seeing on the back of our comic books beginning in a couple of weeks, claiming 2019 is the year of, of reading dangerous for us is really more of our of our theme uh, for the entire year. What everything that we produce, everything that we publish, uh, every initiative that we undertake is going to be uh, the number one goal, well, not the top goal, is going to be to get people a little bit out of their comfort zone and also uh, engage them in proselytizing on our behalf. Our best salesmen are our fans. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. Uh, and, and a lot of those fans are retailers as well, um, but particularly the fans that ask ask for more of what we publish, um, but also become advocates themselves. Hey, you got to see this if you haven't seen it already. But it reminds me of Animosity because I wrote a review of Animosity, and in the review, uh, the first issue, I talked about the fact that I was reading it, and I and I just you know when you talk about the animals being conscious and being able to communicate right. and stuff, I was sitting down and I looked down at the two dogs I had at my feet and I was wondering what are they thinking about. <laughs> Right, exactly. You know, so I have I, a cat, and I know that if if our cat could actually you know, <laughs> understand, I'd, I'd be dead in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what this guy's. I, I I told some folks about that, and I talked to Marguerite one time, and I said to her, I said that was what my. I can't read that book without thinking about that because I look at my do- our dogs and think, man, what would they be doing? That that is a, a perfect example to me, though, of what aftershock does. 
I mean, you, you're right in the sense that let's say you're writing Batman, you must you must bring him back to a certain place so another writer can come and take over in and general. do it. So, but animosity, you don't have to do that. There have nope. been people who have died. I mean, animals have died and stuff like that, right? In the process of that book, and so I'm and, always and they stay dead. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's really something because it's a surprise. Right. You know, I'm not used to that in comics. You know, the, the whole notion is that death is not permanent in comics. I mean, how many times does Pa Kent come back and right. Kent and all right. these things come back? But to me, you know, I like a story where I have no idea what you're going to do. Right. And I love that. Now, one of my very favorite books from you guys has always been Replica. From uh -huh. The first one I ever read. And I, the covers were funny. The stories were hilarious. And, they, and interesting sci-fi things going on with it yeah i really love that book i'd like to see that again i'd like to see replica 2 maybe someday if that ever well happens. you know you're, you're you're not alone in that uh in that sentiment and, and uh, we hear from our fans uh, readers a lot about a, um, a series that have concluded or that have you know we're, we're only three years old but but by virtue of the fact we're not publishing them right now seem to go on hiatus and there are a number of them uh, replica is one um backways is another one where people are just going more and more and more and more and, and we try to make that work uh, at which we work um but um I'm, I'm glad to hear it you know it's interesting too when you mentioned you know batman and, and sort of i alluded to comics like that and i'm a you know that's the character that i most you know identify with throughout most of my life good or bad um we're not a you know, Aftershock, uh, we've never presented ourselves as an alternative to tradition. We're additive to that. We're not saying stop reading that. Uh, we're saying we know that you want more. We know that you want something different in addition to what you're so comfortable with, and that's what we provide. Um, um, we're, we're, uh, we're an extension of, uh, of, of the broader base of graphic novel and, uh, uh, and, and storytelling through comics. Um, and uh, we're not looking to... Uh, um, say well, you know, if, if you if you continue to read Justice League, uh, that then we want nothing to do with you. We want <laughs> everything to do with you because <laughs> it's like variety. To me, I think variety is is in reading is really important. I like about. I like to read stuff that I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I I was struck when you know when we talked because a lot of the aftershock comics. How many ongoings do you guys produce? I mean, it seems like most of them are miniseries. Well, they come. You know, nothing else really. Nothing really starts out with an intention. We don't. We don't come out and say we're only going to do this as a five issue, you know, miniseries, and then uh, collect it or not collect it, and and see you later. Uh, it really depends on on on, on how, how the market treats it, and if we think there's there's always more story to tell. Uh, you've seen that uh, in Dark Arc. You know, we've we're up to issue 14, 13 or fourteen. Uh, Thirteen just came out. I think fourteen comes out next month. Fantastic story, very simple. You know, I, I explain it to people in an elevator in less than thirty seconds. <laughs> you know, you know Noah's Ark. Great. This is the other Ark. They go, what other Ark? And I go, the one with all the things that weren't supposed to be on the first one. And they go, like, got it, love it. Um, uh, easy. You know, now you can get off your floor and go to your comic shop and go pick it up. <laughs> So that just continues, and the response to that from Colin Bunn and from uh, uh, Wando uh, has been has been consistently gratifying for us. So we're we're, we're grateful that we're able to we're able to allow Colin and and uh, and Juan to tell more of that story because they have more to tell. Mm -hmm. Similarly, with a walk through hell, you know, Garth Ennis and uh, uh, Goran. Um, um, whose name I don't have in front of me at this, at this second, but. Um, 
they're able, you know, there's more to tell in that wild story. I mean, at the end of that first arc, people are just going, oh my gosh, what did I, what just happened? Uh, and now there's more to tell for that. But things like Replica, which has so much, you know, more to be able to say, it did a nice job and it concluded and, and people were left with an ending. Uh, and is there, is there opportunity for, to tell more of that? Well, certainly. What I will tell you without, you know, being too, uh, revealing but also i don't mean to overly tease but stories like that even stories like backways and stories like replica and characters that people that that have developed the following there are other ways in which we might be telling those stories you know um uh, i'll uh, uh, promote a little bit our volume last year that that our publisher joe pruitt put together shock which was a, a hardcover collection of short stories from uh, well-known talent as well as up-and-coming talent as Shock 2 comes around, um, there'll be some continuing stories uh, in there um, that are not necessarily you know, direct next chapters or sequels, but similar characters um, from the, those universes. Um, have, there's more story to tell. So it won't, may not always be in a limited series or an ongoing. Uh, there might be some original graphic novels that come out of some of, our, of the uh, uh, titles that we've uh, published, and there might be smaller stories being told in other ways uh, on the printed page. And, and so again, we're, you know, aftershock, <laughs> we're, we're sort of unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of my job is to, is to keep that unpredictability uh, as an asset, but also at the same time, let people know what's coming up and get them excited for it. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, it's, so, it's, it, a, it's interesting to me because you know, as the, the reading dangerously <laughs> part, I, I have always thought that aftershock publishes dangerously. <laughs> you know, you don't necessarily, you know, you know, it's, and I, I love DC, don't get me wrong on this, but Batman sure. is going to, he's got like about 20 books out right now, and all these things are all going, and that's a safe way to do it, especially right. if you know you're going to, you know where Batman's going to end up largely sure. in these things. But you guys don't do that. You don't go down that route. You don't have no. those things. And that's why reading your books is always such a fun thing for me, because I don't know. And I, I like, I, you know, the fact that we might get some other stories and stuff is really exciting, especially Replica. I'd love to see that. <laughs> but, you know, the thing of it is, is you guys are taking chances, which a lot of the industry, you know, isn't, in my opinion. I think that's one right. of the reasons why we're having trouble with, with getting new fans is because of Right, that. right. Well, one of the challenges, too, to your point, Wayne, you know, we, we do believe in taking chances. We think that's what literature and, and, and creativity has always, always been about. Um, but... Um, we're so grateful for our retail partners. You know, we, we're a comic book publisher. We still believe in the printed page and we're very supportive and have a lot of heart and, uh, and respect for the men and women who are the front line of comic advocacy and, and salesmanship. And that's your, uh, the owners and, and clerks and managers and, uh, and friends who populate your local comic shop. Um, we, we will do everything we can to support them. So at the same time, while we're also about taking risks, you know, it's it's a tough business. It's a very, very tough business. No one goes into that business to get rich, and no one goes into that business casually or shouldn't be going to that business casually. Um, so we're asking on a regular basis retailers to take a chance to, to, to order, you know, not dangerously, but with a sense of, of risk. And we appreciate them every time they do. And again, part of my challenge is to step up our support of their efforts, uh, not only to sell our books, but to sell everything. What I also like about Read Dangerously as a rallying cry is, 
and you know, I don't mean to you know self aggrandize, but um, we believe it's a rallying cry that works for almost the entire independent comics community. Mm-hmm. We're happy to lead that charge, um, or to be uh, the biggest booster of that charge. But um, uh, there's a lot to discover in your local comic shop that goes beyond capes and tights. Uh, mm-hmm. Capes and tights are great. But there's a lot more there. And if you go to any comic shop and, and ask them, every comic shop I go into, I always say, if I spend time with a manager or owner um, to, to just pay them for their time, mm-hmm. sell me something that I did not come in here to buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with one exception, and I can't talk about who that was, <laughs> every single comic shop I've ever been in, they've been able to do that. And I've discovered and enjoyed some stuff, amazing books that I never would have read otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and that's what these men and women do every single day. And Aftershock is, is there to help them uh, continue to do that because that's where you get the fa- new fans from, fans that will become uh, advocates and evangelists uh, for, for work as well as for the medium itself. Because so. if, if you know your, your customers, you know, you can suggest things. That There's a store I know where they require the people who work there to read the books and what often happens is i would go in there and i'd have a little extra money and i'd say well what would you recommend that i spend this money on and they would recommend stuff to me and like you did i have had some really great experiences where i read stuff that i went wow i said i didn't even know this was out there it's really good stuff you know and on the opposite end i've had i went to a store in washington dc and i won't say which one but i was you've gone up these stairs and you go and there is this guy sitting behind a computer and I'm looking around, looking around, and he never said hello. He never right. spoke to anybody that was in there. And I kind of, I didn't buy anything because I had no idea what was good and what wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, I think you're doing a good job. I think working with people in stores, I mean, you've got a challenge in a sense, though, because you've got all this stuff going on. You guys have got to get the word out about your stuff. Right. And that's right. a big deal because, right. you know. And, and help them get the word out about our stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. We're, we're preparing the, the the read dangerously campaign the, the print ads that will be running in the back of our book will also be running in other publications pop culture publications to try to reach segments of an audience that is not currently um, coming into stores it's part of a, of a more comprehensive campaign mm-hmm. that will involve podcast sponsorship uh, that will involve uh, paid media mm-hmm. on uh, comic fan sites as well as pop culture fan sites as well mm-hmm. very point, some some very uh, specific messages. Uh, um, built around specific titles, but in other cases, um, uh, messages built more ar- around Aftershock as a brand mm-hmm. uh, and as a publisher, and and the concept of of, of, of sort of challenge uh, uh, of of reading dangerously. Mm-hmm. Um, so there'll be a peer- that that's will be part of our attempts, and uh, and we're more than happy. Uh, to not to, to share the responsibility with retailers, a lot of comic publishers, because of the different business models, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, mm-hmm. but just have not been in a position to provide those sorts of things. They provide materials and then expect, leave it to the retailers to, to sort of implement on their own. We're looking to work with them to implement on their behalf mm-hmm. um, because they have enough to deal with just day in and day out or ordering comics on a weekly basis uh, that I don't need necessarily expect them to become uh, experts in, in, in Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be able to provide that for them, and that's yeah. what we're planning, planning to do. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it really is a campaign um, um, that um, you know, we're looking to drive throughout the year, 
and to get people to discover stuff that they just may not have taken a chance on before. Uh, Our challenge is to make sure the stuff is there when they come in looking for it. You know, one of the things Joe does a lot is he goes to stores. Yep. I've seen him do that. And that's the kind of thing I think helps because you develop relationships with these uh, folks in the stores. Right. And then you, it gives you a chance, like you said, that they sold something to you. You get a chance to sell stuff to them. Right. And right. that's a big thing. So I, I think yeah, that's Joe's doing. been doing that for a while and it's yeah. been really part and part. Other, other uh, uh, I'll say friendly competition have, have, have copied the program. Yeah. Own spins on it. That's great. More the merrier. Um, we we took a hiatus on it last year. As like when I came in, we started to reevaluate how effective uh, it's been. Is although we get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, great comments from it. So Joe and a few of other people and staff uh, who have been going out uh, and meeting with uh, retailers on a regular basis, we are looking to expand that program. In fact, we're looking to sort of franchise it. Mm. So in 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 not too short order, and, and I'll, so this is a little. Uh, more of a teaser, more of a spoiler, maybe. We're going to be recruiting fans who have a sense of marketing savvy uh, hmm. to be uh, sort of agents of Aftershock. Hmm. Uh, you know, I can say, I can put Joe on a plane or like myself on a plane or others on a plane and send them all around the country. Hmm. I can also identify three or four people in various regions of, of North America who are there already who can be those ongoing advocates uh, doesn't take the place of a conversation or a sales call mm-hmm. or a visit from Joe and myself or Mike or, or, or anybody else, mm-hmm. but certainly um, uh, helps uh, um, uh, build that, that ongoing level of support mm-hmm. that we know that we're there. So it's not just, you know, the stores we can visit. It's the stores that we should be visiting and the stores that we want to be visiting. Mm-hmm. So if any of your listeners out there, Feel that they have a uh, um, uh, who are fans and advocates, uh, and and can make uh, inroads and build relationships with uh, retailers on our behalf, on behalf of comics in general. Keep an eye out for uh, some messaging you'll see from us, uh, uh, in, inviting people to uh, enlist in in this new aftershock army, for, mm. for lack of a better word. Cool, cool. Well, in the time we got left, I thought I would just talk with you about, in the news release, it, list, it listed about five titles that are going to be coming out in 2019. Okay. And I thought we, you could just, you know, what you can tell us about it, because I, I know there's going to be more publicity as we go forward. Well, but in the news release, it talks about Stronghold, which is the first yes. one you mentioned. Can you give us a little information on that? Stronghold is uh, Phil Hester's baby. Uh, it's a fascinating story. It's something that that's been uh, a, a, a story uh, uh, developing in his mind for a number of years. Um, it is a, a science fiction uh, story. Uh, imagine uh, the universe's most powerful being, almost being too powerful, and then an organization is formed uh, called Stronghold. Mm-hmm. To uh, whose sole purpose, though there are other purposes uh, it, it sort of in the book uh, mentioned, but the real purpose is to keep this guy in check. Uh, they wiped his memory. He has no idea who he is and what he's capable of. And so over generations, I've kept an eye on him. Mm-hmm. Um, an incident happens that triggers a memory. He starts to come to realize who he is or what he might be. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of his handlers takes uh, more than a professional interest in watching him and seeks to help him discover who he really is, mm-hmm. knowing full well that she and he are risking the fate of the universe. Mm-hmm. So it's a very small story <laughs> <laughs> in that sense, um, and uh, very intense, a, a, a lot of layers, 
and it's you know it's Phil Hester at his, at his writing chops at their at their top form. And uh, uh, all I will say is if you, you know, if you look at the Stronghold logo on our website or wherever you might see it, just really look at the logo for a little clue as to the nature of who this person might be. Because, hmm. you know, I, I love Phil's work. I mean, I've always enjoyed his stuff. I always tell him, I said, you should write and draw some of this stuff. But, you know, right. I said, sometimes all they want me to do is write, and so I write. And sometimes all they want me to do is draw, so I draw. Right. And, you know, someday I think it'd be fun to see him do, because he's done some great stuff that has been him writing and drawing so yeah. but i'm looking forward to that because I, I like i said phil is one of those great creators who doesn't get enough attention i think right no i i, I think you're right. and he's and he's been at it and 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 he's he, everything that, that that he brings to the fore has been um phenomenal you know and and uh, uh the artwork by um uh, ryan kelly uh mm-hmm. is uh is wonderful i mean if, you, if you've seen the cover it's just the detail is, is phenomenal and, and uh, everything really flows well together. He's really, you know, and Phil has sort of given Ryan the opportunity to bring his vision to life. Mm. And I know from the few conversations that, that, that we've had uh, with Phil, he's very happy and very pleased. He feels that this is something that, um, that someone like Ryan has, has, has brought to life in a way that Phil never really could mm. uh, in telling the story. So, um, uh, it's worked out very, very well that way. They're really working as as a team, which is also sort of rare these days compared to you know back when I was a kid. You know, folks worked in the same room. So much, so much of the writers and artists and various other professionals work in different locales at different times. But uh, Phil and Ryan are really gelling very well on, on the development of this book. So that's coming towards the end of February. Okay. Um, I mean, I think I think the exact date is February twentieth. Okay, sounds good. Now, the next one you mentioned is Oberon. What can you Oberon. tell us about Oberon? Yeah, Oberon uh, comes out at the beginning of uh, February sixth. Actually, um, Oberon is a uh, Ryan Parrott who's worked with us on Volition. And he's done uh, Power Rangers uh, comics uh, as well. Um, it's a um, for those of, of, of your listeners who may be you know familiar, somewhat familiar with Shakespeare or the works of Shakespeare, this is sort of a uh, an after Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, um, <laughs> so after Midsummer Night's Dream, where Oberon, the King of the Fairies, sort of gets his comeuppance, um, he's now deciding, well, now what do I do? How do I get back into the good graces of my people? And so he. Uh, inserts himself into the life of a young girl mm. who's uh, a, a writer of some sort, a budding artist, and and he could, takes her under his wing as sort of a, of a mentor, but has um, uh, uh, really wants to use her to sort of get back at, at everybody that's done him wrong. So it is a uh, an issue where initially he is in control, but as you read the story, the further you get into it, you realize that maybe he's not the one that's really in control. Mm. So it is a... Uh, uh, it's uh, forgive the, uh, the the marketing term, but it's a fairy tale of a different sort, um, and uh, with the king of the fairies, and the uh, again the artwork is um, I think quite uh, quite stunning. Um, let me just uh, get my notes here because uh, I don't have everything in front of me. <laughs> traveling as I do, uh, yeah, it's um, um, uh, Milos Slavkovic is uh, the artist. Um, and very rich line, um, and uh, I think does it well. And if you see, you can see some of the pages online at our website as well. Mm-hmm. Aftershockcomics.com. Right, aftershockcomics.com. Yeah. How about Dark Red? Okay, Dark Red. Well, um, uh, our tagline is, is, for that one is: "There's something. Uh, there's evil is festering in the heart of America." 
and uh, plus there are vampires. Um, so <laughs> its story uh, takes place in the middle of the country, in the heartland, like what people would call a red state. And uh, our protagonist is a um, just an average guy, kind of works at a convenience store or gas station and looking to lead a simple life. He just happens to be a vampire. And he finds himself in the middle of a power struggle between what we'll call forces on the coast mm-hmm. and forces in the heartland. He would rather not be involved. Uh, and uh, But he finds himself um, deep in the middle of that conflict. Great character development uh, here. And, uh, you know, it's Tim Seeley, uh, who's, who's, you know, who's well known mm-hmm. and, uh, and has a lot of story to tell. And, um, again, a very intense, it's interesting It's a conversation, you know, a vampire tale comes up and one could argue, gosh, what's another spin on vampires? <laughs> um, and, uh, like, can there be more? And when you look at the, the, the storyline with certain sort of reactionary vampires, as well as coastal vampires, it really plays out what's happening in our country now <laughs> to some degree, the kind of divided country that we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the conceit of the vampire tale is what allows you to really kind of tell this story without necessarily being overtly political about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, marvelous creative talent, uh, Corin Howell, uh, who's the art, uh, artist on this. Uh, she's done a fantastic job. And, uh, and I think it's something you know new for her as well in, t- in the story of this uh, this magnitude and this and this you know, kind of intensity. So that's happening in March. Okay. All right. And then next we go from red to blue, out of the blue. Out of the blue, Garth that? Ennis. Mm-hmm. Garth Ennis and um, I think it's Ryan Kelly. Uh, Gar- you know, Garth is so well known for – Garth is a huge um, student of all the various uh, global conflicts of the last century. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's told you know, tales in, in various forms of various publishers about the war – or about war in general. Mm-hmm. Out of the Blue is a tale of intrigue, of heroism, and uh, an aerial combat. Um, the lead line here is that um, as World War II is coming to an end, uh, things seem to be wrapping up. No one's really told the Germans. Um, so there's <laughs> there's still a lot of fight left in the skies, and it's about RAF officers and uh, people in their lives who have to still have to... Uh, take to the skies uh, to protect, uh, to fight and protect um, uh, the citizenry of their country. And uh, Garth, no one tells a story uh, quite like Garth uh, uh, does on that. And, uh, and the artwork is just phenomenal. It's uh, the art. The artist is, um, he, uh, he worked with uh, Garth on, on Johnny red. So oh, it's, okay. it's Keith Burns. Uh, so okay. it's Garth and Keith Burns. Mm-hmm. And it's volume one. It's, it's an original graphic novel. Mm-hmm. So, it's a hardcover, um, 72 page edition, and it will also, it's volume one. It comes out in uh, March, and volume two will, although it hasn't really necessarily been announced, it's scheduled to come out in, over the summer. Uh, and uh, so it's a two part tale. And for fans of that kind of uh, adventure, war as a background and, 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 and what it does to people and how they respond to that, it's, it's, a, it's a marvelous thing. Uh, hmm. All right. And the last one on the list from the news release is Horde. So Horde Horde is also part of our graphic uh, novel, uh, original graphic novel uh, initiative. So we're we're moving heavily this year into producing binge-worthy titles, uh, stories that that really not not that they can be told in one sitting, but they just they're suited to be told in one sitting. It's this Marguerite Bennett. 
So it's it's from uh, the mind of behind animosity, and Marguerite's such an incredible creator. And uh, it's a horde, um, which can be interpreted as a, as a horde of a bunch of you know things coming at you, or also a hoarder. So this is a story about um, possession and possessions. And uh, and how they can take over one's life um, and take on a life of their own. Hmm. Uh, and that's that's the best way to kind of put it. And there's a, a, a very strong female protagonist at the center of this all, uh, and uh, and it has that particular uh, self inspection that I think is evident in, in all of, of Marguerite's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well. well, that'll be told. That'll also be coming out um, oh, either late summer or early fall. Is there anything else that you'd, you'd like for us to know about at this point? Or? We just announced we have an uh, we had an announcement this past Tuesday for a new um, uh, what we call a graphic novella. So it's a it's a not a hardcover, but it's a it's a one volume uh, story by Zach Thompson uh, called The Replacer. Uh, it's based very much on Zach's own uh, uh, life and with his, within his family. Here, the protagonist uh, gets a sense that when his father comes home after suffering a stroke that he has been is being or has been replaced by a demon Mm. uh, and 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 how that impacts him and his particular family so Mm. that uh is uh that is set for april we announced that on tuesday we have another announcement coming up this tuesday Mm. and that's all i'll say about that um (laughs) for a new ongoing series debuting in april and the following week uh, the, the Tuesday after next, we'll have another announcement. Oh so uh, we're trying to keep our momentum going in planning and timing these announcements. Uh, and then we'll be talking more about uh, what we're doing here. But all along the same line, everything here is, a, is, is an invitation to read dangerously and to keep on reading dangerously uh, throughout this year and next. Well, what's the best way for our fans to keep up with stuff? Is Aftershock.com or is there so a... Our web our website is aftershockcomics.com. Oh, okay. So I think aftershock.com takes you to a auto parts store. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, but aftershockcomics.com uh, is our website. Uh, that website will also be going through uh, uh, some redevelopment. Um, also, join us on, um, online at uh, Aftershock Comics Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our announcements are made there and supported there. You'll find us on Instagram as well mm-hmm. and um, Twitter. And in your comic shops. And uh, all I will say to your listeners is, is if they're interested and want to read what we have to put out there, talk to your retailer. Let them know that you're up for it and let them know early enough that they can place those orders for you uh, and not have to find them after the fact. Right, because it's like two months is yep. basically it. Unless your your guy know, or girl knows how to order in advance and knows what you're interested in, right. you got to do that. Now, okay, last thing is uh, 2019 is the year of reading Dangerously. Is 2020 going to be the year of reading more dangerously? <laughs> We've talked about that. Uh, the uh, yeah, 2019 will be the, the the year of continuing to read dangerously. Uh, but um, the line, the the the, uh, uh, the campaign of reading dangerously is something that we think is evergreen. Uh, 2019 is was the way to announce it. I think you'll stop hearing about 2019 by the middle of 2019. Mm-hmm. It was just really focused on our product and reading dangerously, but it's, it's what we're using as as a, a noisemaker for the announcement initial. Mm-hmm. But um, there'll be some ongoing uh, initiatives that 
I can't tell you about right now, right. but we're looking to involve as many readers and fans in those initiatives as possible. And one, one other thing it, I noticed in the news release I wanted to quickly mention is that you guys are branching off into other medias that like uh, some of your stories are going off into like movies right. or TV. Right. Yes. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's always been part of what we've been about. You know, our founders, uh, uh, we're four founders, obviously, you know, Joe Pruitt and Mike Martz, but John Kramer and Lee Kramer, um, who have been very involved in Lee is a genuine comics guy. Our talent, the talent that we work with and, and they work with us, not exclusively. I mean, you know, Garth has had books at other publishers and Colin has had books at other publishers. It's really, you know, to support them. Everybody wants to see their work um, uh, continue and, 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 and live on in other forms. Hollywood and, and uh, other sources have been turning for the last 20 years mm-hmm. to comics um, for source material. Why? Because what is a comic book to a producer beyond just the story? It's a set of storyboards. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. sort of lays it out so there's a great way to envision what a, a tale would look like and beyond again beyond capes and tights when i meet with brands and i meet with other people and i tell them things like uh two gun um, or um uh history of violence or ghost world and v for vendetta mm-hmm. saying all these films that you know them as movies they started as comics or graphic novels they right. were really right. and uh, and they are looking beyond the cape to find new stories and this is a contemporary medium it's a legitimate medium it's growing in import if you go into any bookstore in the country um the one category that is not declining that's either flat or growing continues to be graphic novels Mm -hmm. so it's the rich resource for stories and uh our storytellers want their stories told in, in, in other mediums. So mm-hmm. Aftershock has been set up in such a way because of the nature that uh, uh, the relationships that we have with the Hollywood community that we can uh, appropriately represent these properties to filmmakers and studios who really want to build things, whether it's a theatrical film or whether it's television. And television is, a, you know, I think, a deadly class premiered this week. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's a rich uh, resource and you know there's a lot of channels and a lot of capacity and people want a lot of stuff so uh, we have we have successfully secured uh, three deals that we announced um, we, we're also working as a production team uh, uh, in support of God Country uh, Donnie Cates' God Country which was not um, uh, an aftershock title but yeah so uh, animosity uh, has is set up at, at legendary for a film um, and Lost City Explorers, uh, Zach Kaplan's uh, book, which just came out in, in graphic, uh, oh, first yeah. volume, came right. out the, and right. Adam Glass is uh, The Normals, and Adam has done a lot of work with us, you know, Rough Riders and Lollipop Kids right now, and he has a new project that will be announced uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, but The Normals uh, did with us, and that's been uh, set up at um, uh, with a studio for television, and we'll have a lot more of that happening uh, uh, as well and again it's it's really because that's what the 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 uh, the creators want um that they're looking for that and we're excited that we've been able to make these things happen a lot faster than than a lot of other folks in our position have been able to do Mm -hmm. Uh, we are fans of story and advocates for story and gatekeepers uh for story uh and we're applying that same philosophy to the um, we'll call the transmedia um, 
side of things. But at the end of the day, just so you know, and to reassure your fans, because it does come up. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have a, an address, uh, you know, that's, that's in Los Angeles, people go, Hmm, we're about the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we're focusing on. And that's what we're trying to get those made mm-hmm. and get those out there. And if there's interest in other forms of, of, of telling those stories or, or ancillary stories based on those properties, We'll be there and, and we'll pursue that, but not at the expense of our publishing initiatives. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I have to tell you, Steve, is I, I have loved Aftershock since it began. I love the concept of the company. And I think you guys have done wonderful stuff. And it's nice to see you guys are continuing to grow and, and making wonderful things happen. So I wish you guys continued success and even more success as you go forward. And I'm glad you're there with them. I think you'll help Aftershock become one of those upper tier companies that yeah. uh, would be great. I, I've, been, I've been having more fun than I than a person of my experience and my age should have. <laughs> uh, so I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for them and, and for the readership uh, uh, and and for folks like you, Wayne, who track these trends. Uh, you know, it's as much part of your life as as, as it is any of us. And uh, to hear that that sort of reinforcement of, of what that what we're that we're on the right road. Uh, it's very gratifying, so I appreciate that. Well, it's good. To, I appreciate your time, and it's good talking with you. We'll have to do this again sometime. I would look forward to it anytime. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks, Wayne. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News. Interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And that's it for this week. Be sure to be back next time when I'll have another great interview with yet another terrific comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.